never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. But it's not failed Valentine's, it's because you're scrolling through your preferred podcast provider looking for the late edition of the Yoga Manito Football Social. And props to you, listener, because if you're listening to me rabbit on and talk nonsense, you've found it. Yes, the latest edition, I am your host, Jimmy. We've got rid of that charlatan Harmon, who's probably in a corner somewhere licking his wounds over another Tottenham defeat. Three in a row in the league. In fact, poor old Joe, the only positivity he has in his life at the moment is provided by lateral flow tests. Wishing you well, buddy. Hope you get better. <clears throat> um, three of us tonight, the good, the bad and the ugly. Making up the bad and the ugly. I've got two guys, I'll let them fight it out for themselves. A couple of raised eyebrows there. Um, first of all, uh, the man whose abbreviated first name is, I'm sure, what he does every time he, watch, he watches his beloved Man United. Sai, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright, I'm alright, thanks. Good. Thanks for that intro as well, feeling the love. It's, um, it's fact we're recording on Valentine's Indeed. Day, for anyone who's, um, <clears throat> confused, it, and, um, that says a lot, doesn't it, about us three. But there you go. There we go. There we go. Next member of the show tonight. Um, in fact, someone who I know has already got a card this Valentine's weekend. Sadly, it was delivered by a referee and it was a yellow one. Ted, how you doing? Yeah, all good. Um, I spent the day being bullied by one of the teaching uh, TAs because he's a Hartlepool fan and calls us to Hartlepool. It's been a long day. Yeah, I, um, funnily enough, I didn't didn't talk to Guffers yeah, at all. Yeah, no, fair enough. But, uh, yeah. Bless him. <clears throat> and I wasn't the only one to get a card in that game, in all fairness. No. There were nine of them. No, you, you weren't. There were nine involved. given out. A lot of love from the referee. Right, tonight's show, guys, we are um, going to start off with the return of the Champions League. The first four fixtures of the knockout stages begin tomorrow night. We shall then... Uh, move back to the Premier League and have a look at the bottom and who we think is in the mire, who's pulling themselves out of it. Everyone's least favourite team, Newcastle, seem to be doing so and I'm sure we'll touch on them. And then after the break we shall uh, we shall light the candles, open the bottle of red wine, put the Barry White on as we go through our first loves, true loves and heartbreakers of, uh, of our f- footballing memories. But to start off with, back to the back to the Champions League. Uh, this week we have got PSG against Real, Sporting against Man City, Salzburg against Bayern Munich, and Inter Milan against Liverpool. Sai, which one of those ties? There's a few of them there. Catch your eye. Which one will you be looking to watch? Mm, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to speak about the PSG Real Madrid game, but I'm gonna go go to Inter Liverpool because we did a pod on when the draw was made a couple of months ago and kind of did our predictions and a little bit of our analysis then but we did leave it with the caveat that a lot can change in the January transfer window and a lot of football's got to be played between now and these ties coming around so now we're in the week of the the game I want to focus on Inter Liverpool um, Liverpool already going to the San Siro once this season looking fantastic admittedly it was against the red half of Milan this time Playing Inter, Inter, top of Serie A. They're not in blistering form, but they are probably the best team in Italy at the moment, as their form would kind of suggest. Um, but I see that I said it at the time. I still think it now. Liverpool have got far too much Premier League and Champions League quality and know know how how to get through that tie. But I still think it could be an entertaining game. Um, 
Inter throw caution to the wind. Jeco and Dumfries and Lataro Martinez are in form. Um, you know, they're no, they're no mugs, they, but they they do lack a bit of um, Champions League experience, this being the first knockout tie for Inter in 11 years, is it? Crazy. Or is it nine years? Nice. It's a long, long, it's almost a decade. It's, it is a decade or longer. Yeah. Um, so they haven't got a lot of like club know-how. All right, they might have individuals in the team that have played for other sides in this round, but you know, as a team, they've got they're pretty green. And to come up against a seasoned team like Liverpool, um, I think they'll struggle. Um, but the San Siro never disappoints, does it? So it'll be an absolute cracking atmosphere tomorrow night. Um, worth worth catching. Um, yeah, and I, I wanted to set the PSG Real Madrid game up for, for Teddy for Teddy if he wanted it because it's just such a mouth watering tie. Go on then Ted. Well thoughts on that and who's uh who's taking a lead or is there a lead to the second leg? I think Real Madrid will. I think I'm actually looking at the ties. There's not many Inter Liverpool and PSG Real Madrid are the two standouts there. If that's go Madrid Man United will be a good game, but I I think the rest of them I think there's just a clear and obvious winner. I don't think there's sort of I know it's can't say that with Champions League last 16 because anything can happen but it just seems like there's like quite a big gap between the quality and the sides like Chelsea are far better than Lille you know, I expect them Benfica Man City and Sporting there's not many close games there but PSG Real Madrid is one that really does stand out above the rest just because of the number like the quality of players that are playing um, both are winning their domestic leagues I think fairly comfortably. I know PSG are. I think Real Madrid have got a fair distance. Yeah. Um, And just the the quality of players, you know, Messi taking on Real Madrid again. We'll see about Ronaldo, but um, Real Madrid have looked really good this season. We've seen bits of them. Vinicius and Benzema in particular have looked different gravy um, in that league. The PSG, tough to say because is the French league and they're winning it by. She's looking now 13 points over Marseille, um, unbeaten in a number of games. They're not, there's not really challenge there, but I think this would be a really good test to see how they are come along as a side against the Real Madrid side who are in form um, and looking really tidy. No, definitely agree. I guess between the three of us, we do agree that City are going to beat Sporting Lisbon. Is there any any danger of an upset there or? No, no danger of an upset. I don't think. I think it's like the Liverpool tie. City are just such beer moths. You know, they've got to be in the top two favourites for, for the for the tournament. Um, Sporting, you know, lie second in um, their Premier League. Um, admittedly, they are six points behind Porto. Won three of the last five. They're a good team. Um, they've got some financial off the field troubles at the moment, which is kind of a mark, typical mark of a Sporting side. Um, you know, they're no mugs. Um, they're a good unit. But City will just have too much. I, I would be, be a sh- it would be an absolute shock at this stage if um, Sporting were to pull off an upset over, especially over two legs. Um, we saw City fall down um, in that one-off shootout they had against Leon in champion COVID hit Champions League that time, and that really, really um, doesn't suit them, does it? That one, one, and then obviously the Champions League final last year. You know, when it comes down to a one-game shootout, City struggle, but over two legs in a in a scenario like this, I can't see anything past them. Um, although they are without Jack Grealish and Gabriel Jesus. And Cole Palmer, who didn't travel with the squad, um, but it, it, will they? Who would actually notice when you've got Sterling and Silva or whoever it really on the pitch? Matter, does it? And I'm guessing, although they they lost at the weekend, didn't they, Bayern? But no, they're not going to slip up two games in a row and should comfortably take the spoils. 
from from the Salzburg game. Yeah, absolutely. Bayern travel to the Salzkammergut. They travel south over the, the the Austria-German border. I know that area of Germany and Bavaria very well. It's very beautiful. So um, yeah, I've driven that driven that uh, Munich to Salzburg road a fair few times. Uh, it's a very scenic and beautiful journey. But um, I imagine that they should walk away with a with a juicy stack of away goals. Um, Salzburg are a really great, really great, interesting team, and it's a really great achievement for them to reach around the 16 because of the project. You know, just 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 from the geography of being in Austria, not a great footballing nation, um, or a traditional footballing nation, shall I say? Um, and you know, they they've got a great history of you know, think about Mane and um, Keita now at Liverpool. They've got a great scouting network. Um, Harland, for crying out loud, you know, they've they've got a real great history of, of developing young great players, uh, and to reach around 16 is. A brilliant achievement for them. It would be a great atmosphere in, in that stadium as well, in the Red Bull Arena um, that they've got down there. So, yeah, probably yeah, their dream title as well, wasn't it, to actually to get Munich a, rel- yes. a relative derby. We'll, we'll sort of call it whilst it is definitely a derby. Yeah, I mean, most people in Salzburg will support Bayern on a, on a Saturday and Salzburg on a Sunday or whichever way around it falls. So they're they're really like blended, um, like fan base <coughs> in, in that geographical reason. So it will be. Yeah, pretty pretty carnival atmosphere, I think. And Ted, going back to what you sort of touched on earlier, I'll, I'll sort of move on to next week's games. You've got Chelsea, Lille, Villarreal against Juve, Atletico against Man U, Benfica, Ajax. From what you're saying, I'm going to take a guess that you're saying Chelsea, Juve, Atletico, and Ajax are going to take the spoils in those games. Yeah. Or certainly the ones that will be progressing to the next round. Yeah, no, that's what I agree with. That I think, I think Benfica are third, and they're ten points behind Porto. Um, and while they've actually looked good in the Champions League this year, they Ajax have looked seriously good with Sebastian Haller up top, which um, was sort of unexpected. I gave Mum a, gave Mum a lot of grief having him in their fantasy team once upon a time, but now he's well, falling he's... around in the Champions League. Um, yeah, Juve, I think. Do Juve, I know they're not that like, fourth in Syria, <coughs> um, quite a well while AC Milan and Inter and Napoli, but. They look pretty good in the night against Atalanta. Um, yeah, so I think they'll be. I think they'll be fine. Um, and Chelsea, Lille, Lille just haven't had the same season they had. I think they're they're well down actually. I think they're mid table in yeah. French league, tenth or something. Um, and Chelsea, while they haven't looked amazing of recent, they have started to look. There have been some bright sparks there, and they're starting to get better. So I think they'll be fine. No, but they are now. They are now officially the best football club in the world they are now following their well, 2-1 win against yeah. Palmeiras yeah there we go Chelsea best team in the world let's all go dancing down the King's Road I'll leave it there um, Si any hopes for your uh, for your beloved Red Devils against Atletico so you know at, uh, Atletico not Atletico at, did, I, did I say um, at, I thought I Atletico, uh, Atletico Madrid versus United, Manchester United. So yeah, it remind. There's two things that really sprung to mind when I looked at this feature, and I've been kind of blocking United out. Where so this kind of feature kind of has crept round. Um, the first one was of Joe's former project, Race to the Bottom. That's what this feature screams out. But also, I was thinking of Chris Nolan's Tenant. You know, like the if you watch Tenant, right, where they, where things go back in time. Uh, but in this way, instead of like two football teams competing to win a game, it's two football teams competing to lose a game. Uh, that's the only thing I can kind of envisage with these with these two. They're so they're both in terrible form um, and not looking like uh, there's very few 
green shoots of hope in either either side's um, uh, uh, season. But this make that this makes this tie even more important. I think both both teams kind of uh, uh, seasons kind of hinge on the outcome of this. Um, if United crash out, God, it's going to be a turgid few months up until the summer. Likewise for Atletico, who have kind of completely dropped away in La Liga uh, and are having an existential crisis, crisis about um, Simeone ball. Um, so, yeah, two teams really, really... That's what makes me think it will be probably entertaining in the sense of um, it'd be quite tight, but I don't think it'd be entertaining in the sense of um, quality football. I think those... The elements going into the game make for a really tight, turgid, battling, weird game. Um, so, yeah, I'll be tuning in, but I don't think it's going to be any classics. I have no idea who will come out and win, by the way. I, re- I really don't. Um, or my gut always says at this point that United will just lose. So just inability to kind of see things out or, or hold on to leads at the moment just um, comes at a bad time when you come up against people like Griezmann or, or whatever. Um, yeah, there's a... Is it people not pulling their weight, or I'm sure they've got the ability to do so, but it just seems that they get a, go a goal up as oh we're Man U. <laughs> Why do we need to work? Oh, because we're we're not Fergie's Man U. We're Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's now now Wreck It Ralph's Man U. But I it, yeah. it, it wouldn't surprise me if they came away with a result though. That's yeah, that's just a right, typical yeah, United thing sure. to do. Yeah, yeah, much like Crawley Town, they. You know, two stonking away performances and we're at home to the monkey hangers and we lose 1-0. That is just so crawly town. Anyway, um, just just literally just fire out an answer straight away to this, both of you. Um, just call out, call out as you see fit. Who's going to win the Champions League? Ted, go. Man City. Si? City. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, man, Very boringly, I agree. Back to good old Blighty, bottom of the Premier League. Um, sitting currently in the drop zone, Burnley, Watford and Norwich. Um, Newcastle climbing. The uh, the newly named Frank Lampard's Everton, also with an important win over Leeds at the weekend, who were dragging themselves into it. Um, Brentford and I'll put Palace in there because they're not in a very good run of form, but I'll back them to pull away from this personally. Uh, do we see the three in the bottom as the ones going down, side, or do you think uh, do you think one of the other teams I've mentioned, or anyone else, could be could be in the mire and getting involved? Brentford have relegation form. They are winless in six, lost four of the last five. That's relegation form, but they do obviously have the buffer of seven points over Norwich at the moment. With uh, but Norwich have a game in hand. By no means does that mean that's a, a you know a guaranteed victory. No. So they're only unless yeah, if Brentford's form continues, they could mathematically will certainly get dragged into it. Um, but I think Newcastle and Everton will have enough to. I just have enough to turn it round. One thing about Newcastle that's come out today is that Kieran Trippier has broken his foot. Let's assume that puts him out for six weeks. Um, and his, I know he's a right back and this might seem crazy to think about, but he's had such an impact. He scored two and two. He's basically the captain now, let's face it, with a, in a name, you know, anything but name. He's, um, so losing him will be a real loss to the dressing room and on the pitch because he's actually a quality defender, a quality player. Um, so I wonder what that would do with their hopes. And I look at Newcastle's fixtures and their last four games in the Premier League are 
Liverpool, City, Arsenal, Burnley. So the first three games, all champion, potentially Champions League or title hopers uh, kind of gunning for it. And then obviously a, a, a relegation shootout with Burnley on the last day of the season. So um, I don't think Newcastle are completely, completely out of it yet. I know they've not lost in five and won three of the last five. And that's all green and rosy. But just the trippier thing in the last and the run in does leave a question mark over them as well for me. Um, Burnley and Watford are, Burnley and Watford are gone, I think. Yeah. So it really is down to Norwich hey, to do something. Burnley have got a few games in hand, but as you say, that counts for nothing. And certainly when you've got 14 points from 21 games, you can't sit there and go, we've got three games in hand, we'll get nine points. Cause they have the easiest run in. They don't, Burnley do not play a top... Oh no, sorry, they've got only got Chelsea in their run-in, in terms of like a Champions League side. So they might have a, an, an easier run-in. And they also have the know-how and Veghorst, who's a big man. So, um, yeah, I've said, I don't know, yeah. Maybe I've written Burnley off too too quickly with when you th- when you made me think about it. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm with you. I, I actually, I mean, for my money, I think the three that are there are the ones that are doomed. Ted, okay. what about your good self? Oh, I've got to say, I agree with you there, Dad. Um... Wow. They are, I know. Glad we're recording. Um, they're just those two. I think the trippier thing is interesting. Obviously, he seems to have such a huge impact. Um, like you say, I mean, he had the captain's armband on Saturday. He was, he's Sunday. Yeah, that's when it was. He was, yeah, okay. He was superb as well. He was, he was quality. He was, he stands out there and he, scrappy do, as we call him. He, um, he just seems to fight for everything. He's got that sort of that relegation scrapping spirit. Um, he did, and what I quite liked as a leader, remember that I think um, I can't think now. Villa Villa had a corner in the first half, and I think probably Dan Byrne, who also had a great game yesterday, he was he was mixing up with a few players, and all of a sudden the guy that I thought would have a fight at the drop of a hat, he was he took his responsibility really well and started calming everyone down um, quite clearly. And it's very easy for people to go, oh, he's gone there because of the money. But we have to remember, he's an England international. He's, you know, he's played in the Liga. He he is just because he's gone there for for money, and that, we don't know that. But you know, we're judging him. But it's not far from the truth, I'm sure. He's still a fantastic footballer, and he's, you know, he, he's he's been around and he knows what to do. So, is he solely the reason Newcastle's picked up? I don't think so. But I think he's a massive part of it. And like Sai said, that there could be an effect on there. Um, I think Everton is—is is this just a blip? Sorry, Ted. I was going to say I—I I, I think Burnley and Watford are down. I think Burnley are. Weghorst went off injured on Saturday. Um, I don't think it's anything serious, but he did. Um, so there might be a couple of games there. But I—I I know they've got the most they've got is they've got four games in hand on Brentford. Um, only two on Newcastle, but one win all season, eleven games drawn. It's just a, a failure to score with Burnley. They just haven't got. I mean, I've got enough goals in them. Is the simple fact of it because they've only the goal difference is only minus twelve. You can compare that to Norwich, and they're at minus thirty-six. You know, but Burnley's just inability to find the back of the net is ultimately what I think is going to send them down. Which is a, I don't think it's a bad thing. They've been there for a while, and probably there's a no. They they've, 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 they've just, stagnated and they they've have gone, and they yeah. haven't gone anywhere with they need it. That refresh. I think that's probably refresh. fair. Um, yeah, Frank Lampard, Everton, carry on. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think is, is is this is this just 
well, the Everton lull, is, was that just a blip and, and Frank's going to sort of pull them out of it? Or is it just the fact that there's probably there's probably enough quality there that whoever was leading them, Frank or otherwise, they were going to get themselves out eventually because they do have that? Sorry, you, you're nodding there. Are you, you seeing that? Yeah, I think the pattern we'll see with Everton between now and the end of the season is... Three one wins, three nil losses, three you know their their score goal, their score enough goals to keep themselves in the Premier League, whilst also shipping a few sorry defeats in the process. I think will be you know interspersed with that, and then obviously just just take it from there from the summer, and that that will be enough to keep them. Um, the bar's pretty low this year, you know. If um, Frank Lampard was able to from this position drag Everton into a serious relegation battle they'd have to really rethink things in the summer even if they were to escape that um uh, yeah i i I think everton have got more than enough especially with dominic calvert lewin donny van der beek um deli alley all coming back from injury or coming into the club obviously um along with you know your richarlison's and you know i'm sure jordan pickford will stop throwing in his own net at some point um Although saying that he's got a pretty terrible centre-back partnership in front of him. I, I look at Michael Keane and Yeri Mina and I, I, my, the mind wanders. But um, yeah, Everton will be fine. Yeah. Um, and uh, quick thought on Leeds. I mean, they're, they're a point on from Everton. They've played a game more. Again, is there just... Will Bielsa just get them ticking again? It's a weird one, that, isn't it? Because um, they... He's had some problems with Rafinha and some weird results. A mad 3-3 against Villa. Um, you know, the, the the crazy win further back against West Ham. Um, they are mighty inconsistent and they seem bielsa out, don't they? Um, they seem bielsa out. Uh, that relationship is f- probably broken down at this stage. But whether, I think he probably has all enough to limp over the to finish line. Um, Stay up on the, on the basis that there are going to be three teams worse than them come the end of the season. Right. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. Bit of second season syndrome, maybe as well. You know, they've a lot, but I actually think these have been worked out a bit. They didn't add to their squad, did they? they, they add to their squad, apart from Dan James. Not, that's not uh, even. Yeah, not, that's not like really, Rian Brewster. Really cool. Like who? What is the point in that? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just. And they're they're they're, they're a team who are fourteenth in you know fourteenth best team in the league you know on paper and aren't prepared to adjust the way they play at all. So. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. But interestingly, talking about the relegation battle, I've been looking for this whilst we've been chatting, and I just wanted to see the league table this time last year. Um, so match day twenty-two this time last year, and it was oh, sorry, it was the season before. Sorry, nineteen twenty season, but still, it's interesting to look at. It was Norwich, Bournemouth, and Villa in the bottom three this time two seasons ago, and who out of the two went? So Villa escaped. And Bournemouth and Norwich went down. Yeah. I was just sticking into your theory of, you know, the current bottom three are the ones that are set to go down. Um, and if that's historically true, which it kind of looks like it is. I think actually. it would have been last year, yeah. though, wouldn't it? Fulham were... Fulham, Fulham West Brom and Sheffield United were gone and they were... And Fulham were... Yeah, I think we actually did a pod on it probably about this time last year where we sort of thought Fulham might get there. And I made the crazy statement of going, they're gone, they're gone. And then they went on a little bit of a run and frankly they did go and the egg missed my face. Um, we've not really touched on Norwich, but I'm guessing games played, they're four points adrift, and the others have just got a bit more quality. And obviously Norwich got rid of a few players, although like of Cantwell and that, they've not really done a fantastic amount this season. 
I'm not ruling them out, man. I, I just think Dean Smith's got love to do it. a good thing going on there. Um, just looking at their run-in as well. So when it comes to... Oh, they've got a pretty disgusting mm. run-in, actually, haven't yeah. they? Goodness, they play, do play all the big boys quite a lot. Um, but they have got Manchester United, so there's <laughs> hope. Um, but they, 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 seriously, though, when it comes to the last five games of the f- season, they've got Newcastle, which could be a really key fixture for them on the 23rd of a- April. Um so yeah, tough for them. Or they even play people like they've got a horrible run in. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. And it's disgusting, isn't it, for them? Mm, okay. And lastly, I mean, I mentioned Palace at the start. Um, they're on a bad run, but is that just a bad run? I mean, it's a relegation form run if we're sort of using Brentford as well. But we're back in Vieira to to drag them out of it. They've got surely enough quality there. They do. They've got enough matches yep. there. They've got players like Gallagher and Zaha. And Brentford are just. I think Brentford will be happy just sort of staying there. I think Brentford's goal at the start of the season would have been just stay stay in the Premier League. You know, they added they added a few players to their championship squad. Um, they got Christian Eriksen to come into the side. They that have. should, that lift should them. be a real boost. Just in the name, maybe not. You look at the way sort of players are able to that sort of kind of player is able to pick up a side. I think that is the kind of signing Trippier to Newcastle. I know it's not soon, but just anyone with that sort of name coming in. Is able to sort of just lift the team for however long, but for Brentford, if it was five or six games, they picked it up, then they could pull themselves well clear and avoid any sort of embarrassment. Indeed. Good stuff on that, guys. Right, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to try and stop coughing still, and uh, we'll come back, say Barry White playing, and uh, we'll get in the mood for Valentine's and talk about our footballing loves. Listeners for part two, Jim, Sai and Ted with you here. On while well, recording on Valentine's Day, you'll probably listen to this just after. Um, we are now getting getting in the mood for love and sort of delving into football and memories. First love, true love, heartbreaker. So guys, first love, we sort of the the thing, the person, the match, the team that that you first remember thinking, yes, yes, I love football because of this. Um, Sai, first love in football. Gee, my first love. So I need to give it a bit of context quickly. I mean, I'm born in 1990. It makes me 31. So, you know, Jim's a little bit older than me and Ted's a little bit younger than younger than me. So, you know, I grew up in quite a working class, like, you know, poor, poor household. You know, mum's single mum, didn't have Sky you know, my 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 football experience was kind of blocked behind a, a Murdoch paywall. Uh, apart from I discovered this beautiful weekend TV show on Channel 4 and Italia Football. And that was my first, my, you know, weirdly, as someone who grew up in East Cornwall, my first footballing experiences through television were founded in Italian football, not English football at all. I watched years almost of Italian football before I really was kind of conscious or really understood, you know, the nuances of, of English football um, as, as I got older. So, you know, I, I talk a lot on the pod about, you know, Italian football and, not, uh, and um, you know, love, love to follow it. But the like, deep, deep connection I made with Channel 4's uh, Italia football, which is really well documented in a brilliant BT sport um, documentary that I urge you to seek out about the making of um, Golazzo. And just like characters like, you know, 
Pepe Signore and Del Piero and Zaghi and Rocoba. Uh, there's just a litany of names, isn't there, from the 90s and early 2000s where kind of like too many exactly. So uh, yeah, really like deep affection to um, the Scudetto and like, La Peninsula and all everything that goes with um, Italian football. The whole the whole feel of of that era is. Like just ingrained in, in, and I have so much love for it. It's unbelievable. So um, I know it's a really broad answer, but nine. No, no, no. That's 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 perfect. That's yeah, perfect. yeah, yeah. That's definitely okay. my first love. Ooh, definitely my first definitely. love. Definitely good. No, good stuff. I love I love that, and uh, yeah, probably quite high on on my list as well. I've got very fond memories of watching it, albeit I was probably nine years older than you. Yeah. Ted, someone who's certainly more than nine years younger than both me and Si. Um. Your first football in love. I, I remember that. I think, I think it might remind me. I, the first shirt I remember having um, was I had a Mario Götze shirt, Bayern Munich Mario Götze shirt with, yeah, his name on the back and everything, number nineteen. Um, I remember watching him at Dortmund. I can't remember what he was. I think he can't have been much older than twenty um, when he left them in twenty thirteen. Went to Bayern Munich. Um, was awesome in his first season scored the winner against Dortmund in one of his first games I think I'm pretty sure that's right um, then obviously scored the winning goal in the 2014 World Cup final I was like this guy is awesome he is going to be so good and he just wasn't <laughs> and he just, just didn't do it he, he just, just didn't in fact I, I think that's back one to of Dortmund. the first yeah one of the first pods we ever did and I can't remember it was either George or Will and I think he was described as roadkill in the road. Um, yeah. <laughs> his his footballing career was roadkill in, uh, roadkill in the road. And sadly, <clears throat> sadly, it, it's got to be the case. He was a he was a talented player. Obviously, scored the scored the winner um, in Brazil. Look at uh, three English men complaining about the guy who scored a winner in a World Cup final, saying he's washed up. We'd, I'd I'd cut off my right hand for an English boy to be washed up like that. Goodness me, he's also doing a renaissance job in P- in Eindhoven at the moment. Um, is our Mario? Um, so yeah, big love, big love to him. Good love, good love. Also in that 2014 World Cup, just quickly, I remember watching um, James Rodriguez score that goal <gasps> against Uruguay. Oh, I was at goal. um, well, he had a giant bug on his shoulder as well. Yeah, I was at probably uh, weighing him down. My mates were brothers, Barney Mills, uh, Barney Will Mills, and it just. Watching it and just unreal scenes. None of us could believe it. Everyone was just, and every time you watch that goal, you just think, man, I wish I could create that. Every time you get a football and a goal, just trying to hit that, hit that finish, and just every time just blasting it so far over or messing up the first touch, just a <laughs> ridiculous bit of skill. <laughs> it was, it was. I'm, I'm actually not far away from side for my sort of first football in love. Um, my mine is the World Cup. Italia 90 Mm. Um, and in particular a certain man from Cameroon who I think was 38 at the tournament every time he scored a goal he ran and did a little jiggle in the corner flag and that's Mr Roger Miller that that tournament that was wonderful for me I absolutely loved it I was 8 years old I mean I was in France for some of it watching the games and where I stayed, the person we were on holiday with, me and him were one team and the two French boys sort of next door to where we stayed, they were another team and we just played 
football relentlessly, um, all all because of Italia ninety. Um, obviously, the, fir- the first time probably where I was absolutely gutted to be an England fan, and it wasn't the last. Was was that time? But fantastic tournament. Still, still will be my favourite World Cup tournament of all time. And I had a I had a video every goal of Italia ninety. So mm. sorry, a, a video Ted is like um, it's like a ch- it's like Betamax. <laughs> like Betamax, yeah. Um, I had every, every goal, and it was I. I sort of remember playing it years, years later, and then trying to recreate all the goals in the garden. And much like you with your Hamas Rodriguez effort, I was nowhere near. Not even the simple tap-ins. And our Toto Scalacci obviously introduced to us all then. Right, let's let's go to Heartbreaker. Let's go to Heartbreaker before we go to True Love. Um, that. That time, that player, whoever, whatever, that has actually just made a made a shed a tear in the in the footballing world. Again, back to you, Sai. Who, who, what, when broken your heart? Would have been a late June or early July afternoon in the LHA Lord High Admiral um, pub pub. Um, uh, courtyard in their, in their garden where they were projecting the 2018 World Cup so in the period like so the, my, the 2018 World Cup they go out when we go out to when England go out to Croatia that was a really really kind of low moment I know we've lost the final since then so it kind of like feels weird but there's something way more about the World Cup and that particular day that was just so so heartbreaking wasn't it and I had I had this thing going on with the World Cup where in 20 um, in 2010, I'd been in Spain at the final, and Spain won it in South Africa. Great, so I was, you know, had a party up in Spain. 2014, I was in Germany when Germany won it in Brazil, and I had a party up. And then in 2018, I was back in Blighty, and lo and behold, I'm home. I'm bringing home the World Cup. I was going to be the hat trick guy wherever the World Cup landed. I was, and um, yeah, we got to the semi-finals and went out to Croatia, and I cried, and um, that was a horrible moment, wasn't it? I know we've lost the final since then to Italy, but that seemed a little bit triumphant. I think with, you know, the way that we way that we got to the final, we and blah blah blah. Yeah. But something about the 20 World Cup and it being a World Cup is just so, and we was so tantalisingly close. Um, yeah, I mean, probably got smashed by the France in the final. Let's face it, but um, that was a horrible day, wasn't it? Horrible, <coughs> yeah, it was. Uh, that was that was horrendous. It was yeah yeah. Some past Kleenex, I've got tears in my eyes. Just yeah, wrong, wrong. It's the hope that kills you. It's the Trippier goal. I can't watch it back. I can't actually watch. Yeah. Can't what? struggle to watch that Trippier goal back. Um, and live you know those fifty minutes. You know what's coming next. Painful, painful. Ted, you're a young buck. I know you would have had your heart broken on to do with football. Tell us all. Um, I remember. I think I'm sure this is right, Dad, and you're probably going to tell me it's wrong. Maybe this wasn't true, but I went up to a football trial um, in Dorset, Sherborne School, and we went to watch Crawley play Yeovil on the day before, and we lost five nil to Yeovil, and it was honestly heartbreaking. It was horrendous, but I'm fairly certain that day I stood on the thing. I stood down by the side of the pitch. And I asked Bob some balling for a shirt at the end of the game. And he said, yeah, no problem, mate. And then we lost 5-0. All the players got sent in straight away. 
and he never came out and gave him the shirt, and I was absolutely <laughs> heartbroken. So one we lost final to Yeovil, and so Bob's and Balling up Sierra Leonean. Is that how you say it? No idea. Right back. Yeah, he pied you basically. He just. <laughs> yes, I was good. Bobson balling. It was player. Yeah, how player. Player. That is rough. <laughs> the funny in, And then I didn't get into that trial. Oh man, that was bad. No. That wasn't absolutely. South. If you got into that, you'd have been in the Southwest School side, and you would have played in the same tournament as. Oh, he's escaped me. Ex Wigan and Chelsea winger. Played for Nigeria. Victor Moses. Yes, thank you. Anyway, um, funnily enough, I'm my mine's my heart heartbreaking moment is is also Crawley related. Um, in fact, there's there's been far too many, but the one that always the one person who does it, and I've I've abused them on the pod. So actually, this is probably a good moment. I'm just going to take take position on the couch and unleash. As a player, I thought he was fantastic. I'm, Left-hand side at Leeds and at Liverpool, even for Australia, I thought Harry Kuehl was just generally cool. I thought he was everything. I, yes, brilliant. And then the day he was announced as Crawley Town manager, it was I, I thought I'd won the lottery. My favourite player now managing my favourite team, and it was only ever going to end one way. And now I can't stick the man. It was a. It's been a violent breakup. It's final. He's he, he's dead to me. He um. Just the arrogance of the man, and he didn't come across very well. He certainly didn't endear himself to the fans. And he then left us and went to Notts County, and he didn't last there very long. And I laughed. That was just bitter of me. I laughed. <laughs> oh how I laughed! And even now, I think it was Alderman. He got sacked again, didn't he? And I still laughed. Cut deep, still not over it, but I'm still laughing at him. Quick, <clears throat> on, onwards. Um, let's think. Let's think of nicer things. Our, our, our true love in football, the as, as Ted put it in the break. So this, this is the one, the one thing you love, the one thing that will you def- you will defend when anyone else will question it. You will stand by this forever. Sigh. Your true footballing love I want to say before I give my answer that all my answers have been terribly predictable not imaginative and fairly mainstream so I'm going to go for the full fucking hat trick set and say <coughs> 99 Man United treble winners I mean flimmin' heck like I know you boys are Crawley Town fans and good and bloody good on you for that that's probably a simpler life um, but <laughs> when achieving that was so terribly patronising as well sorry but um <laughs> Um, I'm more like an envy you, put it that way. Uh, you know, winning the, the treble as a, like I was, not, I was nine years old. Like, you know, like um, impressionable that is on a on someone who loves football to that team to achieve that and to kind of witness it all. Uh, I remember, I remember watching the, the final really like it was yesterday, and that was a true love moment. Like, I just bought, I soul bonded with United for better or worse in that moment, and. Um, Maybe there are times when we and me and Mr. Mr. Darch um, wish we hadn't soul bonded with United at that moment, but I think we both did. Um, yeah, we made a, a a love pact that night with United. Fucking hell! Um, 
Yeah. And you will stand by them. I stand by that season, I think. Like, I don't think that's been topped, not in terms of, like, it's the best side ever, blah, blah, that's that's up for grabs, but in terms of, like, just pure drama, theatre, last minute, you know, whatever, that is, you know, objectively an amazing thing. Um, So I'll I'll die on that hill. (coughs) Die away on that one. Mm. Ted, hit us with yours. Um... Adam Olin Lookman. <laughs> I don't care. I think, oh man. Just. <laughs> what a legend. I never met the bloke. I've never. It's just one day I remember. I can't remember who watched it again. I think it was Fulham versus. I think it was Fulham versus Wolves. And I needed a cheap midfielder to put in my fantasy team. And this Lookman guy, he's come all in from Leipzig. He looks alright. Just shove him in. And he came against Wolves. And he just ran around a bit, beat some players, looked tidy. I thought, this guy, good player. Then a couple of weeks later against Fulham, he scored, against Everton, no, he, um, he scored. Massive celebrations, came on my team, my fantasy team as a sub, was absolutely buzzing with it. Um, <laughs> then a few weeks later, he missed the penalty against West Ham in the 90th minute, trying to Penenka one. And I was, I was, I was heartbroken for him. Man, I felt so bad. But, but you've stood by guy, and you've defended guy, him. What a legend. What just I hope he plays for England. I really do. Well he he confirmed himself for Nigeria this week, so that that's that not is happening. Not happen. That is absolutely <laughs> Well he'll be playing he'll be playing for the Golden Eagles, which is way cooler. That is much cooler um, than playing for England and I'm watching him miss a Penenka for England, so Teddy, whilst I'm have you here and we're talking about Fantasy League, how is it going? How am I doing? Let's have a, are you beating me? Are you How are we doing? How are you doing? Yeah. You well, if you want me to you? say, in the well, private league hold that hold we're in together, you're fourth and I'm second. Um, <coughs> it? Yeah, we've got a nine point gap between us. Spicy league, actually. But um, can I just can I just yeah. let's, let's roll let's roll back a year, guys. Let's not roll back a year. Let's, not, let's, let's roll back a year. Who won it? Who won it? Oh, I you, wasn't in last year. It's just as a caveat. I wasn't in it. Are you captain? No clues for guessing. No clues for guessing. I uh, I decided not to enter this year because I wanted to give someone else a chance. Magnus Carlsen won it. That's who won it. <laughs> he really That's... did. Mag- oh, I, I, I meant the Yoga Benito one last year. Oh no, I know. Yeah, well, he oh, won. It, he he beat us all, I think, and he won the whole, whole the whole oh, show, the one sh- the whole show, didn't he? He did. He did. But yes, Adam Olin Lookman. Adam Olin Lookman. Not not Jao Cancelo. Jao. Too many people love Jao now. It's not. You know, I put him on my fantasy team. He got eight points, the two bonus points for a clean sheet against Sheffield United. He was awesome. Again, I'm, I can't say him because too many people love him, but, you know, I started that trend. Now I'm going to say that now. <laughs> I'll take that with me to my grove. Um, the other thing I had to say was that I, I had a pair of boots um, that I saw once in a Match of the Day magazine. They were messy. They released these new, like, silver boots. I think it was about 2015-ish. Um... And he, yeah, he released these boots and I saw my thing and went, Mum, I like these. And she went, yeah, they're nice. Get them for you. And they were, they were awesome. I love them. They were, uh, what, they're just the nicest pair of boots I've ever worn. Oh, I you, felt you, like, you, you, you don't know. Prime Messi. Prime Messi, yeah. They did. Whatever. Yeah. You don't realise, but actually, one of the things I've got written down as a true love was a pair of Puma King football boots that I had. And I, wonderful wonderful boots and uh, if uh, if I get the nod again to make another guest appearance for the 
for the mighty Lou town. I might treat myself to another pair of Puma Kings and give them a clean up at the end of the day and just leave them on the shelf somewhere. Um, I, I could very easily sit here and obviously point Crawley Town as, as my true love. Um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not Mr. Predictable. So I, you've, 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 you've taken that mantle. You've got that t-shirt on tonight. Um, mine is a player who probably wasn't far off first love and again quite nicely links to your your first love side in Italian football and I'm going to pick Marco Van Basten oh. I oh, the man was an outstanding centre forward I don't think you get centre forwards nowadays in in the mould that he was and certainly for a long time you did but for me he was he was the best of the best um sort of gutted when they went out of Italia 19, going going back to that for me. Um, and obviously his his career ended far, far too soon. That guy, I, for me, was going to break records and just, just go on, just go on and just continue delivering. And obviously at AC Milan, he, again, just just phenomenal. And that that, that guy is, is unreal. And uh, in, in a show of love for him, because I'm not one for grown men wearing football shirts, I bought Ted a Marco Van Basten Holland football shirt for his birthday. And uh, shame you're not wearing it, Ted, but... Um, the 88 nice version. shirt, it is. Just, just the, the 88 version. 88, 88, 88 shirt. 14 Van Basten... No, 12, isn't it? It's 12 Van Basten. <coughs> yeah. That's why Henri always paid 12 for France. Mm. And, and homage. Uh, and yeah, um, and if, if Thierry if Thierry or in teeth in man, it's because I'm getting old. If Thierry Henry pays pays that tribute to him, I I certainly can do the same. There we go. Happy Valentine's, guys. Um, guys, any any bits to to finish on with other loves heartbreaks, or are we are we all wrapped up. I could list off a number of players, but since you mentioned boots, I want to say. Uh... 2002 pair of Predators that I had that I remember opening and just t- putting on playing in the back playing in the back garden with a football for days on end after that that was a very grounding seminal moment in my love for football definitely I wish I'd kept those so bad so the other week I, I dug out my last pair of football boots from 17 years ago so probably around the same time but a bit more playboy I had white Predators Oh, with the kangaroo leather. Yeah, I, the full shabudal. Yeah, I probably didn't do them any justice, but no, um, no, it's a brave man to wear those boots. But yeah, as a gobby goalkeeper, so you were a goalkeeper wearing those boots. Yeah. Goodness me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, move. Yeah. Swiftly yeah. on. <clears throat> Swift, swiftly on. Ted, tell me a few of your love play, players you got a huge love for. I'm interested. Oh, I, have, I did write down a, a favourite eleven once upon a time, but I, I've lost it now. But I would have to say Andrea Pirlo would have to be in there right. because he was just ridiculous. Again, that Penenka and Joe Hart in I can't remember what it was. He did that. And he's an utter heartthrob. Yeah, he let's is. have it right. He is. Yeah. Um, Janino at Middlesbrough. Um, more from playing old FIFA's than having Janino because you couldn't pick like in like 2006. You couldn't pick to be Chelsea or Arsenal, so you had to pick. Like Middlesbrough or, or Newcastle or Portsmouth. Middlesbrough with Janino was just a dream, hitting free kicks and um, 
yeah. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Javier Saviola in the same sort of mould. You couldn't pick to be Real Madrid or Barcelona. So, one with him at um, Sevilla. He was just ridiculously good. And then to finish off, Glenn Morris, Crawley Town's goalkeeper. Just, he has saved my life so many times. He has saved so many computer screens and phones and everything from being thrown into... Being thrown, yeah, being thrown on little knots into walls and <coughs> computer screens punched. So, just a lot of love for the cat, Glenn Morris. The cat. Glenn he Morris. could pull off white predator in goal. He most definitely Yeah. Could. Yeah. You take a look at him, he's, he's modelled his look on me as well. He's got the dark hair and the beard. I'm on there. So, the white predators, and it, 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 it will be me. <laughs> he can only dream, boys. He can only dream. Nothing else, not a stitch on. No. Not, not Happy Valentine's Day, Mrs. Hafferden. There we go. 2002 Challenge Bowl winners. The goalkeeper with white boots. That was me for the mighty Yelm. Right, guys, I think we shall we shall wrap up there. Leave it there. I um, hope you've all enjoyed the show. Um, hope this will probably be outside Wednesday, Thursday when you'll be listening to this, guys. And then uh, next week we shall come back and bring you bring you some more delights. But uh, Sly, thanks for joining me or us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, always always a pleasure. Ted, welcome back. It's been a while. Hope you've enjoyed it, bud. I have. I've enjoyed it. Good. And you, you've, you've mentioned some good players. And you made, you made me happy with a Glenmore shout. Yeah. On that, guys, thanks for joining. And we shall catch you again very soon.